1: And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. To my spooko girls, let me see your hands. Wave them at them Podcast hating on you with their friends. Girl, you got it.
2: <laughs> is, there, is there more? You- <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's your time. <laughs> I'm <laughs>
2: Spooker, we are taking uh, Peach through the synopsis of horror films to get him used to the idea of watching a horror film. Eventually, we've had a crazy night so far. It's been a special night. As we discovered during our Christmas episode, it's something of a Christmas miracle that's not quite happening (laughs) on Christmas. But, you know, the the forces that be have decided to let this night go for as long as it takes for Peach to overcome his fear. I've
1: decided we're in a parallel universe. I think that makes things a lot easier. We're in a parallel universe where just time goes at whatever speed it goes.
2: Yeah, cool. Good.
1: We're meant to be here dealing with my biggest fear, right? Yeah. And on paper, prima facie, it is... What
2: is prima facie, mean? Pri-
1: oh, sorry, um, on its face. So, it sort of <laughs> means you're like first thought. Point. Oh, yeah. So, yep. sort of like uh, it's a legal term for like you go prima facie, that's a breach of contract, but there's a defense of blah, blah, blah.
2: But I can't say I tripped and fell prima facie. <laughs>
1: Not on space, no. Although it <laughs> well, would be a good gag for a different dimension hopping podcast. So, so, so it's if, if,
2: if I'm ever public speaking, mm. which I'm very good at, at mm. a, second mess on the pod, <laughs> third at, after a day like at, yeah, a, yeah, at a legal seminar, mm. I could make a joke like that and be like, "Whoa!" Would bloody love got it. Got drunk the other mm. night and fell prima facie, guys. The
1: whole thing is <laughs> so the business model for those. And and I know because, like, I do them, is they extract exorbitant fees for lawyers to go along to these talks... And all you would need to do would be to say, hey, it's about lawyers and personal branding in 2020 and beyond. And you'd be able to go up and just, yeah, let's talk about whatever. To be like, guys, prima facie, it's a good idea to be on MySpace. But did you know MySpace isn't there anymore? And now it's all about Vine. Kidding. That's another joke in a similar vein.
2: Okay. Anyway.
1: On Primer Face City, yeah. my biggest fear is horror films, and that is what we're apparently here to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But my actual, genuine biggest fear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I'm> now- <laughs>
2: We, how, are are many episodes. how are we this many episodes in and we don't actually know your real fear is something else? I think it's getting my bluff called.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's really it.
2: Because I was going to come on
1: here and be like, all right, Reshes, like, this is this is your final shout-out. This is it. There we are. There we are. had a nice big sip. So, you know, here we go. This is, this is going to be it. So if we don't get that second free long neck soon, that's that. And I realised my biggest fear would be if I handed out that ultimatum to say, this is the final time we shout out Reshes on the pod Unless a free long neck shows up
2: But Peach where's it going to show up How do they know where's how the to reach you Where are the So developers? they're going to send a long neck of Reshes To FBI With
1: a with compliment <laughs> slip That says hashtag Spooko lol Best of luck Peach Attention
2: of Peach Spooko Man. To FBI
1: it, it will be a four or five or six-minute task for someone at reception to be like, oh, fucking yeah, all right, yeah, just send them something. Oh, okay. Lol. All right, okay. They're like, they're just, it's not hard. Dan you- Murphy's exists and delivers <laughs> to addresses including FBI <laughs> Studios. Okay. I, like, I think suggesting it's hard okay. is Okay, okay.
2: Not- so you're worried that if mm. you call this bluff yeah. and even though... Sorry, if
1: my bluff was called. If I was like, that's it, Reshes, this yeah. is the final long neck ever, your final shout-out, unless something comes through the door... I'm terrified that nothing comes through the door. Then next step, they're like, mm, "What's up, Peach?"
2: And you're going to do nothing else to make this happen other than record this bit. <laughs> That's all recorded on the same night <laughs> Of the same podcast
1: Because imagine that though Because they'd be like Oh Peach So were you lying to everyone When you said you liked rashes before Yeah that's alright Yeah go drink something else then
2: I'm really interested in this bluff mm. calling Because one of my favourite things About you as a person Outside mm. of this podcast And outside of this crazily long night Is you are one of the people Who will always sit in the quiet carriage And if someone's talking <laughs> you, don't ju- you don't just sit there And go like <sighs> <sighs> And then look at them And look at your Watch and then just be like, oh, oh and just like, which exactly what I would, I would yep. just huff and puff. You go up and you talk to them. Yes. Now, have you ever had instances where you talk to someone a little bit scary?
1: uh no. But there are people who think they're scary, which I- is always fun. So, my 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 approach, just to start with the practicality, is to come a long way into your personal space, <laughs> just so that you know that what you thought was your personal space, is actually my personal space, and I'll go there. <laughs> Whenever I want and however I want. And the way most people do it, it's like, it's a quiet carriage. And so the way I try to do it is try to be very quiet to, to, to sort of, uh, on its face, appear very passive. But, of mm-hmm. course, I'm just coming in and letting you know your personal space belongs to me. And I go, oh, sorry. Um, you've actually chosen the quiet carriage. So if it's all right, it would be great if you could continue the conversation on another carriage.
2: But you do thanks. this when you're very close to them.
1: That's right. When I'm just sort of coming in <laughs> and pointing you or touching on the other arm
2: or something like that. Now, what generally is the first response to this?
1: Uh, they're like, oh, sorry, yeah, pointing, yep, sorry, oh, yep, sorry, mate, uh, okay, yep, I have to call you back, thanks. Sorry, Peach, yeah, man, sorry, it's all right, didn't say it, thanks so much, Whoosh. silence. Okay. Easy. Um, the fun ones are when they feel confrontational because I have this. Personality flaw that I'm prepared to escalate a confrontation.
2: Even though you're worried your greatest fear is to have your bluff ever called. Yeah,
1: well that's precisely why. Because <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna call my bluff, hey? Why am I call your bluff? <laughs> and they're like, uh oh,
2: you not know want your bluff called? Maybe I will call your bluff. So you escalate, how do you escalate? Well, they escalate. First.
1: So um the bit be- the best one well, it's difficult because it's someone who was behaving aggressively but who weighed about sixty-five kilos and would have been twenty three years old with an unconvincing moustache but very <laughs> impressive sneakers uh, and so uh, he was talking on his phone quite loudly and I'd leaned in to be like hi there he was in a two-seater he had an empty seat next to him uh, which was which was interesting and relevant hi there sorry um, you've just chosen the quiet carriage so it's alright if you ah yeah some fuckwit wants me to get off, get off get off the phone mate what do you reckon and so like you know me it's a person <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, you have the like two seconds of thinking, and you're like, "Yep, okay." So I go sit next to him, and I go, "Oh, sorry if I've being un- unclear, and you know, sorry to interrupt your call. The time has come to to continue the call on a different carriage, or and, which is fine, or or if you want to hang up and just enjoy the silence, that's fine too. So we can we can sort that out either way. Otherwise, fine. And he puts it on speaker, and he's like, oh, "I should talk to this fucking idiot, this fucking cunt who wants you to shut up on on the carriage." I'm oh. like, "Oh." And so I try to lean in, and be like, "Oh, hi there." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to your friend on the train. Everything's fine, but it'd be great if you guys were happy just to move on to the move on to the next step.
2: Now, can I can I just pause mm. for a second? Yeah. Are you the only two people in the choir carriage at this mm-hmm. point? Mm-hmm. So there are other people. Are they aware of what's Community happening? Home. Yeah, like the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> A quiet garage,
0: exactly,
1: and um, he really had no choice. Well, his choices were um, physical confrontation because I was very much in his space, being like, By the way, I know you, I know you like your own space, but this actually belongs to me, or sort of hang up and end it, and of course. Because I know that I don't like having my bluff called. I know someone else doesn't like having their bluff called. And so his only option was to stay on the phone, mouth off the whole way leaving, being like, you fucking fuck off. I'll fuck you up if I see you again. And all this time he's walking off to a different carriage. And so it's a fine outcome. One of the funny things is I live on the central coast. This happened around about Taramara on the North Shore. And I sound like a wanker idiot who lives somewhere around Taramara. So it probably sounds to him like I'm about to get off uh, somewhere on the North Shore. Uh, turns out we both got off at Woi Woi. Um, and so I saw him got off and I just, like, you know how these relationships work. I just had to make sure that I was in control of the relationship. I had to wave to him like, hi, hey, mate. You waved to Best him. Best of luck.
2: I love that you escalated and then de-escalated at the end.
1: It's all about
2: power Googs. Alright, so I haven't showed Peach a trailer this time. But I, I, because we've we've gone back into you know you the depths, huh? <laughs> we've gone back into the depths of like the real classics. The you know if you look up the best horror films of all time, are
1: we watching Nosferatu? <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? Train pulls in at
2: station. <laughs> no, no, but I do have the to ask. Kelly I do have to ask. You know we're <laughs> like we're a relatively woke podcast, but we fuck up all the time. Today's film. Not me. Today's film is by Roman Polanski. Ooh. Who's not the greatest dude But I wanted to talk about today's film And I wanted to do it because we have Again, we have a guest in the studio mm. Adele Kapush is back As is our golden child Who will make some little sounds
0: Sorry, what do you mean by back? <laughs> I mean,
2: I mean, I mean She okay. never left <laughs> <laughs> Yes So, uh, but anyway yeah. Anyway And, you know, well, in the yeah.
1: course so, so you're right to bring up the woke you know, So we start with a disclaimer Which is Fuck Roman Polanski he is a fucking pedophile who deserves to rot and have his head held underwater until expired.
2: Well, look, I don't if believe... If he's alive. Is he alive? If he's yeah, dead, He is. I don't, believe in, I don't believe in like crazy mob justice, but he should be brought to justice if he has not yeah, been already, which justice. I don't think he <laughs> 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 But the reason why I wanted to do this one is because, number one, we haven't done it yet, and it's such a classic of the genre and is in the top 10 of every best list pretty much ever written. Do, like Do
1: I not know what this movie Peach, is? Like Peach, am i scramble I'm like tick tock tick tick, tick You tick, absolutely tick,
2: tick, tick. do, but because in the course of this crazy parallel dimension night, yeah. you know, we've somehow I've we've somehow had a kid and yeah. you know
1: my beard's two weeks in you <laughs> it. it's a similar length.
2: I mean there's there's been the whole rashes thing. Yes. Uh Rolex was part of it <laughs> as well.
1: Look Rolex lo- I still haven't heard from
2: a lot has happened, but mm. clearly the biggest thing is the fact that you know we're raising our child, and
1: well, coffee and a case note's going well, and coffee
2: and a case note's yeah, going that's really well important. during this one night. Mm. And this film is all about the things that can go wrong when you're raising a child. Today we're doing Rosemary's Baby. Ah, uh, pull one out. Now here's an interesting here's an interesting mm. anecdote. I remember. Shake, is
1: it a, is it an allegory for a young woman, um, entering into puberty and. One of the initial phases of puberty includes menstruation. Is that sort of the metaphor?
2: No, I think you're thinking of the Exorcist, maybe. Oh no, maybe Carrie. I feel like
1: there's is... oh Carrie, Carrie. Maybe you're thinking Sorry. of Carrie. Sorry. Yeah, go, no. go,
2: cool. cool. yeah. Cool. yeah. Anyway, back. Oh, boop, here we are.
1: There we go. Back. Um, to my spooko girls, <laughs> let me see your hands wave them at those podcasts hating on you with their friends. Girl, you got it.
2: So I don't know if this was something I imposed, but I'm pretty sure this this happened when I was like a teenager. Mm. Uh, I was I was brought up, you know the Catholic mm. and my parents didn't want me to watch this film because they thought it was sacrilegious, mm. which always made it something I really wanted to watch. <laughs> but also the more I think about it, I think that's kind of crazy because this movie essentially says that the devil exists mm. and wouldn't they want me to see a film that like goes, yeah, Christianity is real. There yes. is a God <laughs> and devil. And like that, it just doesn't, it, that seems really weird to me. I'm with you. Should we go? So this is Rosemary's baby. Do you want to know a little bit about the background of this? Yeah, I don't, I actually do I'm not sure I know a lot about Rosemary's Baby so this might actually be the earliest film we've done it's from 1968 Ugh. and it's still a real chiller Probably helps having a guy like... Having a Roman fucking pedophile, <laughs> make it.
1: Uh, it is pretty chilly. All right, so... Shit blokes only. Okay,
2: so in 1965, Guy and Rosemary Woodhouse move into the Bramford apartment building in New York City. While touring the apartment for the first time, they notice that a large cabinet is moved in front of a door in the hallway. They move the cabinet and open the door, only to find a plain closet. <gasps> Their friend Hutch tries to dissuade them taking the apartment, informing them of the Bramfords' association with cannibalism and murder. Uh,
1: that's a pretty good reason,
2: but they take it anyway. <laughs>
1: Love those Bramford apartments.
2: So, Rosemary meets a young woman, Terry Gionofrio, a recovering drug addict hmm. who Minnie and Roman uh, Castavet, the Woodhouse's elderly new neighbours.
1: Fuck me dead. A lot of names coming right here. Okay. Have okay. you seen this film? I have Can seen this film. Can you speak in shorthand for me? Okay, so
2: basically there's this old couple that lives yes. like opposite them in this apartment building. Yes. And they have taken in this recovering drug addict, And there was a cupboard.
1: Terry. Do I care about the cupboard being You should the door? care. Okay, you should cool, care. Cool, cool, you
2: should care that there's weird rooms in the apartment okay. that they're buying
1: to my spook old girls let me see your hands wave them at those podcasts hating on you with their friends girl you got it as Rose what, what song are you singing do you want it again okay okay <laughs> no 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 I <laughs> want it. Uh, ready, ready. Uh, everyone, everyone play along at home okay three Two, one. <laughs> to my spooko girls, let me see your hands. Waving with those podcasts, hating on you with their friends. Go, you got it. bear me into something undone. Hair done, nailed on, hair done. Oh my god, it's fancy
2: by, by Drake! Yeah! Drake is a big part of this podcast, weirdly. Oh, man. But what I also like is that our golden child does oh, enjoy singing to child. stop him from crying. So this is also soothing him.
1: So Do it- you know Lord Knows was um, one of our golden childs, your golden godchilds ones, of, like, why he got into music. He's very super, super dancing. Because mm. how, um, how does Lord Knows start on that 2011 Drake album? Take care. Lord. J- just please, Lord Knows. It's your... First, worst nightmare. It's your first night here. How does that beat? Like the bait drops hugely yeah. mm-hmm. and he'd bounce around in his chair. Oh. It was pretty cute.
2: All right, okay. To my Spooko girls. So anyway, so she meets this girl who's been taken in by the elderly neighbours, right?
1: Let me see her hands.
2: As Rosemary admires a pendant necklace the Castevets gave to Terry, she notices its strange smell. Returning home one night, Guy and Rosemary find that Terry apparently threw herself to her death from the window of the Castavet's seventh floor apartment. So Rosemary and Guy are quickly befriended by the Kastovitz Minnie gives Terry's penchant to Rosemary Telling her it is a good luck charm And the odd smell is Tannis Root uh, Both of you guys are pretty good cooks Tannis Root, is that a thing? Adele uh, What oh, no. in my <laughs> knowledge
1: Hey Siri <laughs> Is Tannis Root a thing? Are oh, you fucking like Siri socks? Like Alexa is good Fuck you, Siri. Oh, sorry. Ada. D- oh, sorry. Anyway, yeah.
2: <laughs> now,
1: to my Spooko.
2: Now, at this point, guy who's an actor lands a role in a play when the actor who was originally cast inexplicably goes blind. Oh. Guy suggests to Rosemary that they have a baby. On the night they plan to conceive... Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. What's
2: the name of the film again? It's called Rosemary's Baby. Mm. Also, from my experience now and your experiences of having a baby, mm. putting a night in the calendar, planning to conceive the baby, just being like, okay, this will be the night where we conceive this baby.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, it doesn't
2: happen. <laughs> but, Pete, you've had sex. I've had sex.
1: <laughs> I love having sex. Woo-wee. I recommend it to anyone. You can get the consent of someone to have it with you. Yes, sir.
2: Now, on the night they plan to conceive, in mm-hmm. possibly... sensual. In possibly, in possibly the sexiest bit of uh, outside foreplay ever, Minnie, their elderly neighbour, brings them individual cups of chocolate mousse.
1: You sounds cool.
2: (laughs) Rosemary complains that her cup has an undertaste and only eats a small portion before throwing the rest away. She passes out and experiences a dreamlike vision in which she is raped by a demonic presence. Remember, this is a film from 1968. Fucking pull one out. Like, what is going on? Now, this happens in front of Guy. Of course,
1: Roman Polanski's, like, rape is a great subject for filmmaking. I hate Roman Polanski.
2: This happens in front of Guy, the old couple, and other Bramford tenants all of whom are naked when she wakes the, when she wakes the following morning she finds scratches on her body Ugh. guy tells her that he had sex with her while she was unconscious
1: uh, because fucking he, polite, like double rape on the same night oh. this is
2: fucked. i don't even realize i like i did not know this was in it guy tells her that he had sex with her while she was unconscious what? because he did not want to pass up the opportunity for her to conceive what the now fuck that, in 1968 oh. though did that count as rape
1: Ah, uh, fuck. You na- na- Now that you say that, I think it's 77 where the law changed. Where I think that marriage was a defense to a rape charge until 1977 in Australia. Fuck, Shake, this is properly upset. Like, I know there's upsetting ones of fucking whatever ghost comes or bullshit. This is horrific.
2: Now, Peach, we can stop. Or yeah, we like, can keep going. I, I
1: don't know. Like, it exists. It's in the world. Like, this is fucked.
2: All right. Okay, so. Fuck
1: this guy. Golden so, child, you are lovely and we love you and we, the world that's being built for you is better than this.
2: So Rosemary insists that he could have waited until the morning or that evening to conceive. And apparently that's the end of that conversation. She oh. learns that she is pregnant and is due on date June 28, 1966. Take note of that date, obviously. June well. 28. June oh, 28, 1966.
1: 6th of the... Sorry, 20, mm. yeah, okay.
2: When she tells Guy, she insists that this be a new start for them where they can communicate more openly.
1: Yeah, not... Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, yep, yep. Oof.
2: She plans to receive obstetric care from Dr. Hill, who was recommended to her by her friend Elise. We've got a friend Elise who's really nice. Oh, we do. She cuts
0: our hair. She's
2: our hairdresser. Shout this is Mane and
1: Tails on Instagram. This
2: is Mane and Tails. Shout oh, out Mane and Tails. Oh,
1: Elise, you do a great job. Did you do
2: Shag's current haircut? She did somehow. Mane Yeah, we've. I've had two haircuts. You've had over two beautiful, of this
1: similar but different haircuts <laughs> that a an idiot would call short back and sides. <laughs> But an informed observer would say it looks awesome.
2: Now, she wants to go to Dr. Hill to be her obstetrician, but the the old couple uh, across insists that she see their good friend, Dr. Abraham Saperstein, who says that Minnie will make Rosemary a daily... Is this an
1: anti-Semitic th- movie as well?
2: Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I mean, fuck. it is the 60s, so everything's possible. But um, who says that Minnie will make Rosemary a daily health drink. So... The, the woman who made them the little chocolate mousses is going to give her a health drink. Now, I guess in the 60s, you weren't as suspicious of the things in your food. You're like, cool, give me a health drink. Yeah, sounds healthy. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. So, 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 so. For the first three months of her pregnancy, Rosemary... This su- might
1: be the creepiest.
2: This is super this creepy. This actually
1: might be the fucking creepiest, knowing Polanski. Mm.
2: So, Rosemary suffers severe abdominal pains, loses weight, becomes unusually pale, and craves raw meat and chicken liver. When Hutch sees her gaunt appearance and hears that she is being fed Tannis Root, he is disturbed enough to do some research. Before he can tell Rosemary's findings, he falls into a coma. Rosemary tells Guy that she plans to see Dr. Hill, which angers Guy. However, the abdominal pain suddenly disappears. Fuck, I hate Guy.
1: Is Guy the husband?
2: Guy's the husband. Ugh, the, un- the abdominal pain suddenly disappear and Rosemary feels the baby move for the first time. Three months later, Hutch dies. So Hutch is the friend who originally was like, don't move into the apartment, and then is like, hang on, I've found out what Tannis Root is, but before he can tell her, is in a coma and pull dies. Pull
1: one out for dead homie, Hutch.
2: And what sucks is, in the 60s, you couldn't immediately... Someone gives you Tannis Root, you couldn't immediately, while, you know, chewing on hey, it, Siri, look on your what's phone. what's Root? Well, in
1: fact, fucking Siri, like, it is the 60s with <laughs> Siri. Alexa would tell us fast.
2: Before dying, Hutch manages to briefly regain consciousness, directing his... <laughs> directing his friend Grace Cardiff to give Rosemary a book about witchcraft along with the cryptic message, the name is an anagram.
1: Why don't you just say, I suspect your neighbour is a witch. Mm. Yeah, anyway, pull it out.
2: In fact, can I ask, because Adele, now I've got you uh, in the room as well. Mm. You've been in hospital before. Mm-hmm. How common is it for people to be in like six month long comas?
0: Oh no, I've never seen that. You've been working as a nurse.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, working yeah. as a nurse. Sorry, not not li- not being. Oh. Yes, in your professional opinion, mm. that's rare. And if somebody was in a coma, if they woke up, would they wake up, be able to speak, and say relay a message, and then immediately die? Is that a thing that would happen?
0: Oh, look, it's a possibility. There's this thing, <laughs> like genuinely, there's this thing called bargaining that we learn about in first year mm. uni, what? Um, where people that are dying or are in some sort of a coma or something, they they bargain with whatever it might be. I don't know if it's like their God or what they believe in. Um, about seeing someone before they die. So, for example, if there was a grandma and she knew her son was overseas on a holiday in Spain and was coming back in two weeks' time, she might bargain with something. Well, she's in the coma and might be bargaining. And then when are he you arrives, almost bargaining
2: with yourself? Is that kind of what? What like I
0: believe it was probably yourself. Um, then he'll fly home, come and see her. She'll wake up, say goodbye, and then she'll die. And that's happened, and there's plenty of studies about it. It's really interesting. Mm.
2: Okay, so this is this is medically accurate-ish. <laughs> also, my favorite thing about like you can ask, I can ask you legal opinions, and you can be like, "Fuck this," blah blah blah. But I love how no medical it's professional can ever nice. give you a definitive answer. It's never like yes or no. It's like, yeah. well,
0: it maybe... <laughs> happened maybe once or twice.
2: <laughs> All right, like okay. this is an emotional
1: relic, like that. Like, well, look, we don't have to get into it, but I've seen that I've
0: the bargaining thing yeah it's quite beautiful man
1: yeah. yeah look it
2: so rosemary <laughs> anyway like,
1: fuck roman plants <laughs> <laughs>
2: Rosemary deduces that Roman Castavet is really an anagram for Stephen Macardo, the son of a former resident what? of the... What? Okay, just, just bear with us. Bear yeah. with us, bitch. The son of a former resident of the Bramford who was accused of being a Satanist. She suspects her elderly neighbors and Dr. Saperstein are part of a satanic coven with sinister designs for her baby, and the guy is cooperating with them in exchange for help in advancing his acting career.
1: How are doctors going to help his acting
2: career? Well, no, remember that. Remember that he was the understudy, but then that actor became That's mysteriously right. blind, mm. which again uh, is probably a rare thing to happen, but not so rare that you wouldn't be like, well, Satanist the this.
1: <laughs> isn't isn't Satanism like a sort of a worship of yourself or like a pursuit of your own interests? Or?
2: Yes, it is. In fact, this but, is and wrong. And then
1: the Church of Satan is actually about empathy and yeah. embrace of the Human rather than embrace of the holy, and so it's actually a very healthy and productive thing,
2: Peach. You are 100% correct, and in fact, this is they they are talking about devil worship here, not Satanists. Because there was that time in year 10 in religion class, we were able to do an assignment on any religion, so I did an assignment on Satanism, and I got into a lot of trouble. That would
1: have helped you be popular, (laughs) no,
2: because I was like, I was interested in it, and that's how I know that it's they're talking. Talking about devil worship here, which is a different thing.
1: Pull one out for your dead devil homies.
2: So, Rosemary becomes increasingly disturbed and shares her fears and suspicions with Dr. Hill, who, assuming she is delusional because it's the sixth season...
1: Oh, fuck me. Like, this <laughs> is...
2: And the gaslighting as well. Calls calls Dr. Saperstein and Guy. They tell her that if she cooperates, neither she nor the baby will be harmed. Rosemary attempts to lock Guy and Dr. Saperstein out of the apartment, but coven members have already infiltrated and restrain her. Rosemary goes into labor and is sedated by Dr. Saperstein. When she wakes, she is told the baby has died, which she refuses to believe. She hears a baby cry in the cast of its apartment and secretly stops taking the pills the coven has been forcing her to consume post- Birth. Okay. Now we get into Endgame. Like this is uh, this is probably one of the creepiest scenes in horror movie history. Crap, like, mm. all right. Okay. In the hall closet that had previously been blocked by a large cabinet, Rosemary discovers a secret door leading into the cast of its apartment and hears the baby's cries again. She finds a congregation made up of the building's tenants as well as Dr. Saperstein gathered around her newborn son. It is remarked upon that the baby has his father's eyes, to which Rosemary protests that the baby's eyes are nothing like Guy's. Roman then explains to Rosemary that Guy is not the child's true father. Her newborn child, named Adrian by the coven, is actually the son of the devil. Roman urges her to become a mother to her son as the other women are too old. Guy attempts to calm a horrified Rosemary by explaining to her that they will be generously rewarded and that they can conceive a second child that will truly be theirs, but Rosemary spits in his face. Minnie tells Rosemary that she should be honoured to be the woman chosen to bear a child for Satan. Fuck me, like, this is... One of the cover members rocks the crying baby's cradle too quickly, causing him to cry harder. Initially reluctant, Rosemary goes to the cradle and gently rocks him with a small smile on her face. That's the Uh, end.
1: Look, like Polanski, like you're the worst. That's a fairly good end. Like I've got to say, (laughs) that's a pretty good end. That's reasonably well-constructed.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, was this not filmed around the time or something to do with the Manson murders? is oh. not there some sort of oh, there must interweaving? Be. I,
2: I am very interested in that. Yeah.
0: The, I feel like maybe one of the actors in this movie might have been killed. Oh, wow.
2: Okay, that's interesting. We should do more research on this podcast.
1: Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can and rushes what's up